The Paul Leslie Hour, helping people tell their stories. And now, your host, Paul Leslie. Hey, it's me. On this episode of the Paul Leslie Hour, we're joined by one of the great legends in music. His name is Hargus Melvin Pig Robbins, and he's been called the most recorded pianist in recorded music. Better known as Pig Robbins, He's played on some of the most iconic songs, from Patsy Cline's I Fall to Pieces, to Roger Miller's King of the Road, to George Jones's White Lightning. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Some of the artists he's worked with include Bob Dylan, Merle Haggard, Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers, Alan Jackson. Others include Jerry Lee Lewis, Ray Charles, Charlie Rich. I could go on all day. Pig Robbins has recorded himself under the name Mel Robbins, and in 2012 he was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. Mr. Robbins, it is a great pleasure to have you with us. Well, thank you, Paul. Glad to be with you. So, I think most stories are best from the beginning. Where are you from? I'm from a a little town up in East Tennessee, Spring City, Tennessee. It's about... I'd say 60, 50 or 60 miles north of Chattanooga, between Chattanooga and Knoxville, on Highway 27. And tell us about your parents. What did they do? My daddy worked uh, for TVA for a while, and then he farmed a while, and then he wound up driving a taxi there in the, in the little town. My mother was just a housewife. What are your most vivid memories from early on? Oh, swimming in Piney Creek, I guess. <laughs> I like to do that. And did your parents appreciate music? Oh, yeah, they, they, they love music. You were pretty young when the, this accident happened where you became blind. Yeah, I was about three years old. And tell us, what exactly happened? Okay, um, it was uh, Sunday afternoon. Everybody was sitting out in um, their chairs, you know, out, out in the yard. And uh, it was still, I guess, cool enough to have jackets on because my daddy had a jacket hanging on, on the back of his chair. And I sneaked around and got the knife out of his pocket, opened it up, and I started to get up in one of those straight back chairs. And it rocked with me, and I threw my hand up, and the point of the knife went into one eye. And some water ran out of it. And of course, somebody saw me, and you know, and I started crying, all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh, it didn't hurt all that bad, but it scared me, I guess, more than anything. And how did you get into music? How did how did you start to express an interest in playing? Uh, well, uh, I went to the Tennessee School for the Blind, and um, one day in, was in the second grade, they came around and said, anybody in here want to take piano lessons? So I was, you know, I was listening to the radio a lot, and I loved music, and I, uh, so I wanted to join. But I didn't know they only taught classical. <laughs> I thought within two or three weeks I'd be playing what I was hearing on the radio, even like Moon Mulligan or Dale Wood or 
destroy a for somebody at that time, you know. And so that was the music that you enjoyed most, those artists you just listed? Yeah, well, I, I was listening to them, yeah, and they impressed me, you're sure. But I listened to all kinds of music. I listened to, uh, well, later on, I listened to the, um, on Sunday night, they would uh, um, broadcast uh, churches from the uh, black community. I loved that, loved that, um, the piano playing, the spirit, and the whole thing that they they, they had, you know. So I, I tried to, uh, or I loved to listen to that. And later on, um, stole some of it and used it myself. <laughs> so how would Pig Robbins define what makes good music, if you could put it into words? I like a song that's got a good melody, uh, got good words to it, and, you know, makes makes some, um, has some meaning. Like Old Dogs and Children, Watermelon Wine, with Tom T. Did you ever work with Tom T. Hall in the studio? Oh, yeah. Did a lot of his stuff. What is he like as a person? Well, in the studio, he's pretty much business, you know. And I never socialized with him otherwise, so I don't know uh, other than that. But he was always uh, friendly and appreciative of what you did, as, as most most of the artists were. And, um, he was uh, he was easy to work with. So, when you went from learning how to play the piano, when you went from your lessons. What was the yeah. first thing that you did professionally? Was it recording or was it performance? Oh, I played in nightclubs before I ever got into recording. And this was in Nashville, or where was this? Yeah, in Nashville, uh, Fort Campbell, uh, and um, oh, the air base out here at Smyrna. They had an air base out there at that time, outside of Nashville. What are your memories of that experience from the time that you were a uh, primarily a public performer. Well, I like to work on the bases because they paid more than the the, the um, bars or honky tonks that we that I normally played. Because you just worked the door there but the, at the at the bases, they guaranteed you so much money. You know. How did you come to find yourself in a recording studio? Tell us about the first time. Well, I met up with a couple of songwriters, and we we would do our home demos, take them around to the publishing companies to uh, see if we could get any bites on them. And then they, they always commented about the piano playing, you know. And uh, so Buddy Killen uh, was working for a Tree Publishing, called me on some uh, demos, and then... Uh, he got me on the George Jones uh, session, the White Light the session that we did White Light it on. And um, we did it in 58, I think they said, and it came out in 59 was a hit. And um, it just kind of grew from there. I was scared to death, of course, with being in there with the well-known musicians and, and uh, you know, a big-time studio and all that. What did you do about those nerves? 
Sweated it out. <laughs> <laughs> I did the best I could. <laughs> Faked my way through. <laughs> and so you're saying the first session was with George Jones? No, not the first one. The first one was with uh, a, um independent label from Ohio, Spangle Records. It was, uh, it was with a... Uh, Two boys that were kind of Everly Brothers real, were real big at that time, and they were trying to kind of ate them, you know. And it was Murray Nash got me on that. Murray Nash was another publisher and so forth here, and he he got me on. He used me on his independent stuff. When you were working in the studio with George Jones, what did you think of George Jones as a talent? I loved his singing. And the piano playing on that song, White Lightning, is one of the most prominent things about that song. Do you think that that is part of the reason why you started to develop a name for yourself? Oh, definitely. When it went to number one, I, I, and, you know, people started to take a notice in and started calling me more more the other uh, people like Chet and, and Chet Atkins and Owen Bradley and some of the better-known producers, you know. How do you keep the work coming? I mean, aside from just talent, what would you say to a person out there who wants to work in the studios? What's important to keep in mind and what's important to do? I say um, be able to play all different types of music, uh, you know, country or pop or Jazz, even or Dixieland or um, rhythm and blues, just have have a plan for all of it. Tell us about the piano players that had the biggest influence on you. Who would you say they are? I say Moon Mulligan or Floyd Kramer, Ray Charles, Owen Bradley, um, and there was a guy that played Dixieland around Nashville a lot named Papa John Gordy, and I loved his playing. And as you mentioned, it's not just country music. You've done some other sessions for some artists like Jerry Lee Lewis, Bob Dylan. What do you think about those sessions? Are they more difficult? Are they? Tell us about that. Well, Jerry Lee, I played. Um, I mainly played organ on his stuff, and uh, except on Middle Age Crazy, I played electric piano. But um, Bob Dylan, when he come in, you know that was that was a new experience because <laughs> we had been used to doing um, oh two minute and two minute and twenty second, thirty two minute and thirty second songs uh, back in the sixties, you know, for country music. And he come in and rolled in here with those seven or eight minute songs. I didn't know what to think. It was a new experience. <laughs> and did you have a preconceived idea about who Bob Dylan was? I didn't have any idea when we went in the studio, no. <laughs> and so when you finally found out what this guy was about, what did you think? I, I didn't know what I was going to say. I was going to play the game and see how far I got with it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like the music? It was okay. I, I wasn't really tore up about it, no. You know, I interviewed Charlie McCoy, and he kind of said the same thing. He said, it, not my cup of tea, but I can see 
I can see the talent in it. Well, we, I had a lot of fun playing on that um, Rainy Day Woman, 1938 or whatever it was. Uh, they, I always called it, everybody, let's all get stoned. <laughs> but we all had a lot of fun playing on that thing, or I did anyway. Put it that way. When you're playing with a person who's known for playing keys, like Jerry Lee Lewis, and you also played with Ray Charles, is that correct? Yeah, when he would do some of those uh, duet things I did, yeah. And also Charlie Rich? Yeah. When 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 uh, Billy Sherrill signed Charlie to uh, Epic, I did uh, most all of those. Now, when Charlie was on RCA, he played his own piano, which I think he's a great piano player. I, I thought he was great. A lot of times people will ask songwriters, what is your all-time favorite song? And so I would ask you, what is not the session that's your favorite, not the, not the session that's your favorite, but if you had to pick one session as representative of what you do, that you're most proud of, what would you say that was? Mm, it'd be hard to say. Probably uh, behind closed doors got me a lot of notoriety and, uh, oh, well, um, almost persuaded did too and uh, don't it make my brown eyes blue and some of those. But uh, as far as the, I always loved that um, uh, Old Dogs, Children, Watermelon Wine. I love that song. I thought that was a great song. And the albums that you made for yourself, what inspired that idea? Um, well, I won, um, a, uh, won a, an award, a musician's award, and so I, people said, are you going you gonna to do an album? And so I, I got to thinking about it, and I said, well, why not? So... I, I, I cut an album myself and uh, uh, managed to lease it to uh, Elektra. And uh, I did three three albums for Elektra. I, in, the, in the albums, I did some uh, some original and uh, some current, you know, cover songs. And were they well received? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the company thought enough of it. I got, well, I won a Grammy on the first one. There you go. <laughs> and uh, uh, and then uh, uh, you know, people, the companies changed. The people in command changed, and uh, I did. Uh, well, I did three on Electra, and um, and. Um, I can't say about the the sales because I never got any um, statements. As mentioned, you've worked with a lot of artists through the years. Has there been an artist that in the studio most impressed you? Uh, For soul and all that, I guess George Jones would be the man because when he he got to the right... um, How can I put this? When he got uh, to the right point, a feeling song, he he could he could moan and groan, you know, uh, uh, 
put as much feeling into it as anybody, I think. And is it true that you worked with Sturgill Simpson? Yep. Tell us about that experience. Well, Dave Cobb was uh, producing him, and um, he's calling him, I don't know if I'd work it. And I said, yeah. Showed up. I didn't know, you know, there again, it was uh, some different type songs, and so um, I didn't know how it would do. But I guess he's doing pretty good. Yeah, definitely. What did you think about the music? Well, I thought it fit the songs. Yeah. How often are you in a recording studio? Well, not that much anymore, but, um, you know, if they call me, I, I go work it. I'm not really out there pitching. I wanted to ask about the the it's it's the duo album that George Jones and Merle Haggard made. Yeah, uh, where you played piano on it, I have to say it's mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite country albums. What are your memories of that session? Oh, they were they would kind of. Um, well, I enjoyed working with both of them because I'd worked with them, you know, before we ever did that that particular album. But uh, I just thought it was a good album too. I was. Glad to be on it. What do you think about the direction that country music is going in today? Um, I don't really, um, I don't think much of it, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't, um, there's no, there's no artist out there now that you can really recognize, like, there's no, no Loretta's or, um, Conways or Joneses or Haggards or whatever. You, that's, I mean, you can't you can't recognize them. Ernest Tub used to if a record started off. You knew exactly who it was, you know. But I can't tell one from another hardly anymore. There's not a lot of style, right? Well, is there any of the young artists of today that has impressed you? Um, I'm sure there is. I just can't think of them right now. What is the most important thing to you? Is what? In your life, what's the most important thing? <laughs> well, my health right now. <laughs> <laughs> One of the great things about this broadcast is we're able to reach people in a lot of different places. Yeah. What would you say to anyone listening in, wherever they might be? Um, well, you know, stay true to whatever you um, believe. If you believe in the old music, find your radio station that plays that kind. If you like the new, then go with that. <laughs> and I take it you like the classic. I like the uh, traditional music. Well, I have to say, it's what resonates with me the most. How would you define Hargis Robbins? 
lucky guy. <laughs> I've, I've, I've been uh, awarded a lot of things I wouldn't ever expected or didn't expect. And uh, just, just a lucky guy. What's the luckiest thing about being Pig Robbins? Well, where I am today, I guess. <laughs> and what I've been able to accomplish and what I've done and experienced uh, through my 50 or 60 years in the music business. Well, Mr. Robbins, I want to thank you so much for sharing with all our listeners. All right. Well, I appreciate the, the chance to do that. If I can ever be on your show again, give me a ring. I'd love it. All right. Okay. Until our paths cross next. Till next time. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. The Paul Leslie Hour is hosted, produced, and written by Paul Leslie for Lifestyles Entertainment. For information, visit thepaulleslie.com. Thank you for being with us. Until next time.